0: It
1: is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment on WMAY, another segment of State of the Arts looking at what's going on locally and around the world, joined once again with Gus Gordon. How are you doing, Gus?
0: Kevin, I'm okay. How are you? It's a beautiful day. It's sunny outside. It is warm.
1: <laughs> it's beautiful. Nice and sunny. Temperature's great for a day. It might get cold tomorrow, but it is nice outside sunny, so that's right. great. You know, it's always great to see. As and they in
0: recording this. We should say
1: yeah. As as we're recording this, yes, it is nice and sunny outside. Uh, yes, uh, but lo- you know, there's a uh, there's a couple different things going on uh, locally, and we can tell a little bit uh, more in depth uh, in a couple minutes here about phase four, which came down very suddenly. Uh, yeah. n- nobody was really expecting it to come down as quick as it did, but um, uh, dance arts studio um i'm talking with gina Decroix and a little bit about that they are allowing some uh there's allowing some classes to come back um i believe uh two days ago they allowed some they're allowing some today in the next couple of days some of them right. coming back they're all wearing masks but they're getting back into doing some in-person practicing and could lead to some in-person performance and since that is big that is uh you know in the world of you know theater we're slowly starting to get back into doing uh, doing you know some in-person performances, so I think that's uh, that is a good sign, and it's good that they're getting back and uh, that the uh, the young dancers are being able to do something
0: right, um especially the rehearsals, and we'll be the same way at the Hoagland Center for the Arts. We'll be opening up um, a little bit more um, this weekend and early next week for all of our resident organizations to come back and start rehearsing again. Uh, The ballet company, obviously, that Gina's involved with as the ballet mistress. Uh, They'll be starting, I think, on Saturday. We'll have the youth orchestras come back and the civic orchestra come back and start rehearsing and the folk dancers. So it, it did come down suddenly. You are exactly right. As of Friday, we heard that Region 3 was still in tier three mitigations. It wouldn't be out of them. And then Monday night at eight o'clock, I think it was, we got word from downtown Springfield Inc. that we were all of a sudden in phase four again, which meant, um, you know, groups of up to 50 can meet, I believe Um, it's still a little fuzzy on how many, but of course we have to stay masked. We have to keep six feet apart. Um, I'm, you know, just a little concerned that why did this happen? Um, How did it happen? We, you know, nationally, we keep hearing about this new strain, uh, a new variant of COVID-19 from the UK that's 70% more contagious and will be across the United States by March and be widespread. It's already in Illinois. So I'm a little concerned that we're opening up right at this time before we know what's gonna happen with that. Um, But I'm not an expert, I'm just, you know, trying to get along like everybody else, and it's a little confusing.
1: Yeah, no, and I, yeah, I, I agree with you there because there are there are a lot of things with the um, with everything opening back up, seemingly at least to a, a percentage of people, or like you said, about fifty people that could be in there. it's great for definitely a lot of local businesses because they need oh, yeah. they need the business. Um, it's you know, but yeah, it is one of those things where you know the the numbers of cases deaths everything aren't you know it's not like they've halted i mean they're you know pers- you know the positivity rates i'm sure are a little you know starting to get lower but yeah it, it it sort of went straight from well we're in yeah this tier jumped immediately to uh phase 4 and so i, well, thought, I, I don't
0: i would have thought open it up to 10 people open yeah, it up like to a phase
1: 3 or something
0: ages, but to go from 0 to 50 <laughs> yeah. uh, for us anyway indoors that that yeah. was um uh, you know kind of not not expected not expected but you know we're getting our act together we're getting you know the staff scheduled again and and back up and operating and getting the building disinfected to be prepared and um we, you know we'll move forward like everybody else and uh we'll take a step back if we need to i hope i hope they have information that i don't have and that i'm yeah. not They know more than the rest of us And that's, you know, that's what I'm going to keep hoping anyway.
1: Yeah, it's good because we um, because the more that we are able to be inside places and especially people can be inside the Hoagland then people will be able to rehearse in the Hoagland as you guys do have a couple of shows coming up. We talked a bit about them last week. Um,
0: Yeah. Last five
1: years, you said, is being.
0: We've got uh, Becoming Dr. Ruth coming up with Felicia Coulter and they'll be rehearsing in the building again. We've got mm-hmm. a Valentine's Day concert we're going to do with, um, among others, Mary Kate Smith, Tiffany Williams, uh, Asni Vigasa, Hope Cherry, Anna uh Sarah Geckner, uh, Vanessa Ferguson, and, um, oh gosh, Cinder Reitzman, and a few other people. Um, so we'll be, we'll be putting that together and having a Valentine's Day concert, a virtual Valentine's Day on February nice. 14th, courtesy of some of our local divas.
1: Cool. That's, that's going to be great. All, all bunch of wonderful, talented uh, people you listed off there. So that is going to be great. And always it's such great people to perform with as we've, we've both performed with yeah. uh, several of those women and they are, they're wonderful. So that is going to be, that is going to be great looking forward to that as well. Um, I, I I talked recently um, uh, oh, th- some stuff at UIS is um, uh, I talked with Carly Shank. She's putting some stuff out with UIS and, um, the they're they're putting on a, a Shakespeare production. I talked uh, also um yes, jumping around here, uh talked with Mackenzie Ashbaugh a little bit about the um virtual production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. The cast list is out for that. Um, but also uh UIS's theater department is putting on a production of Twelfth Night. Um right. and it is it is going to be in their studio theater it'll it'll be like in person, but it will be streamed. But also, uh, it's open to the public. It's not just the theater department. So um, anybody in the community, if they want to do some Shakespeare as well, they can also try out for that production. Those tryouts are the 1st and the 2nd of February, so they are coming up.
0: Wow, that's soon. Uh, Missy Tickett yeah. Thompson, of course, directing that. Missy is great. Uh, they were going to mm-hmm. do the production last year, had the whole thing cast, as I understand it. And then everything shut down. So I think a few of the people who are going to be in last year's production will still be in this year's but they're recasting a a lot of it because you know people have graduated or moved on or or whatever. A year can make a big difference and uh, it's good that they're coming up with a way to present that and and make it happen. Um, You know we'll be looking at a lot of our old productions from last year to see how they'll fit into this new scenario one of the things I think we're going to try to do is uh, pump boys and dinettes. We'll try to yeah. do that eventually on the Bicentennial Plaza, outdoors. It's it's a static show, meaning that the, the band, are the cast members are the band, and they're staying and the, standing still and playing their instruments. So that is something you can do still reasonably um, socially distanced, and if it's outdoors, I think that'll work pretty well. Um, haven't talked to the city about that yet. That's just an idea that's percolating. But that's the kind of show I think that could go on outside and you know okay. do pretty well, or maybe even at the Y Block. That that's a possibility too.
1: Right. Yeah. So that'd be good because that's uh, yeah. That was another one of the shows. It was um cast. It was cast around the time um, it, it, like right. It was going to come on right. right after Into the Woods.
0: Um, it, is, and, it was supposed to perform in, in April and May of last year, and yeah. the. Cast Of course, like everyone else, was horribly disappointed. We postponed it to November thinking, well, surely things will be better by then. (laughs) And then they weren't. We had to cancel it, but we do have hopes of putting that on. We have hopes of finding a spot for Into the Woods, of course. Um, You know, the majority of the cast is still around And um, if we do it this year, I think we'll have everybody in the cast. If we wait another year, some of those will graduate from college and move on to a career. So we, we need to jump on that pretty quickly if it's safe
1: right well that would be what yes if it's safe and then it will be wonderful right. because because as we can both attest to that was a wonderful production that was so close to getting uh getting going but of course you know we're just very close very close to orchestra rehearsal and everything but yeah, yeah so we'll be looking uh we'll be looking forward to that as well um any of course you know if people follow uh pandemic guidelines uh the vaccine rolls out quickly then we can we will be at that place, you know, come fall or um, midsummer. Yeah, there's or something a lot of hope.
0: Like there's a lot of positive going yep. on. And um, I, you know, I, th- I think things are looking up. So um, if everyone can get vaccinated, if this new variant doesn't prove to be really contagious in our region, anyway, uh, then things will be very hopeful.
1: Right. So that is, so that is definitely something to look forward to. Yes, there is a bit of hope in that. So, uh, I also, you, you brought up, um, something that I had read about, um, that I kind of forgotten about, um, this, uh, uh, you talk a bit about Jane Krakowski, who is uh, hosting a show called name that tune. And she is uh, a new TV show called Schmigadoon, which is a play on Brigadoon, uh, with Keegan-Michael Key, uh,
0: And Cecily Strong from Saturday Night Live. That one looks like great fun. It's about a couple who are having marital difficulties. And um, they go, they're seeing a therapist, and they go for a walk in the woods, and they run across this village, this magical village, uh, where everyone is doing show tunes, and everyone is kind of in a musical theater production. And that that sounds like so much fun. It's satiric. It's funny. Um, It'll air on Apple Plus, I think, Apple Plus TV. So, um, you know, that's on the horizon, hopefully by the spring or summer of this year. And then Jane Krakowski is also hosting a new version of Name That Tune, which is an old game show for some of us old fogies to remember uh, that was very popular. And they've done a fascinating thing. They've taped the whole show in Australia. They Hmm. sent all of the cast members, all of the contestants to Australia. They quarantined for 14 days, and now they're performing it as if everything is normal. Uh, So there's a live audience, there's, uh, you know, the live band on stage, the singers, they're interacting. It's because things are pretty good in Australia, I guess, and they have uh, pretty much a good handle on the COVID-19 crisis that they're able to do this. But that's an awful lot of effort to come up with new programming because they never could have done that in the U.S. right now. That was pretty, pretty much the only way they could put on that show and make it look like it used to look. Right. So yeah, that, that'll be. I should say.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So that. Yeah, that'll be interesting and in, uh, uh, for sure. And yeah, that's. <laughs> Yeah no and and Shmigadoon, that sounds great cuz that's you know that is you know cuz of course musical theater people know that is kind of the plot of Brigadoon except you know right. they go to the town it's well it is a musical so they're singing show tunes but you know it's similar things that is uh, that'll be it, that'll it, be interesting it
0: comes out of the fog and uh yes it's set in Scotland back in the old yeah. days so, very, very uh, beloved show, and this this new version sounds like a lot of fun, and I really look forward to that. You know, I, I got Apple Plus to watch um, The Morning Show
1: with Steve
0: mm-hmm. and Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, and uh, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was some exceptional television, really great acting involved in that, very d- disturbing to see, but uh, good show. And um, y- you kind of have to subscribe to all these different streaming services 'Cause they all seem to have one or two really great shows that you want to see. Yeah. But they're all on different streaming services. So it can get very pricey if you're not careful about it.
1: Yeah. That was the argument, you know, it was like, Oh, you know, I don't have to have you know, I can I can cut the cord with cable and you right. know, I'll just get the streaming services I want, but then it's like, Well, you're kinda paying as much as like you would be for your cable bill anyways, with every streaming <laughs> service they need. Yeah. So Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um uh, well, before we go here, I know that um, we lost uh, we lost a great, talented performer, performed all around the country, and was in uh, Holguin's production of Fiddler on the Roof recently. Uh, John Priest passed away uh, very suddenly. I know you uh, have a couple words you want to say about him. Yeah.
0: John was a fascinating guy. Um, I read a newspaper article. That he had moved to central Illinois back in 2012, and that fascinated me. Why this actor who had toured the country in Fiddler on the Roof for years, since the early 90s, uh, he had done 3,500 performances of the show, either as Tevya or Laser Wolf. He worked with Herschel, well, he worked with, let's see, Topol, Theodore Bickel, and uh, Harvey Firestein in different productions. He played Tevya 1,900 times, and all of a sudden he was living in Chatham. So that fascinated me and I, I called him up and invited him back in 2012 to come and see um, Man of La Mancha and he came and we struck a friendship and back in 2015, John directed and starred in our production of Fiddler on the Roof with a local cast and it was just really an amazing opportunity for people to work with someone who would work with many of the original creators of the show. Had worked with uh, Sammy Bays Dallas, who was, um, you know, Jerome Robbins, you know, one of his apprentices, who went on to direct countless productions. He was kind of the the gatekeeper of Fiddler on the Roof for a good forty years. And John and he became very good friends. But it was it was fascinating to talk with John. He had a great history. Very friendly guy. He moved from Chatham to Georgia about three or four years ago. Uh, The reason he moved here in the first place, I did eventually find out is um, his wife was from this area and because he was touring, they thought, well, let's get you to Chatham where you're close to family members while I'm on the road. And then right before they moved here, she came Mm -hmm. down with pancreatic cancer. Um, They moved here. She passed away shortly thereafter, tragically. And uh, you know, John was done with the tour by that point. He was, you know, um, a nice guy, but the reason for being here kind of evaporated, and of course, um, he had her family to, to, uh, to know in the area, and some of the theater community, but um, so he moved on to Georgia to be closer to some friends, and you know, he was very careful. He, um, he had suffered from COPD for a number of years, so I know he was careful, but he, he caught COVID somehow, ended up in the hospital, uh, was released about four days ago, And then um, just a couple of days ago, he came back home. We had communicated a little bit. He said he was doing good and felt better. And then he passed away in his own home. So uh, heartbreaking. Um, Yeah, very sad end to a a very creative life and a a very talented guy.
1: Yes. Yes. um, He, I... Like I told you, I I didn't know him super well. I mean, I didn't know him at all. But he was very talented, and um, and like you like you said, and like people I talked to who were in the production. I mean, it was a you know, it was a, it was a different experience, but it was a great experience, right. you know, working with them. And he well, really it was, you know, interesting
0: like, to right. have his perspective as a professional actor yeah. who had done this show for three thousand five hundred times and played Tevya for almost two thousand times. So he was very set in his ways. He had a very specific way he wanted to do things. And it was a little, you know, kind of a culture shock for some of our community theater performers to work in that fashion. But I think the end result was very positive. And I think people, you know, really learned from the experience and, um, and, uh, and grew to like John and, uh, to appreciate the, the talent and the knowledge and the history that he brought with him to that production. He, um, was one of the you know people who kept that flame alive for a long time. And he toured through Sangamon Auditorium at least three times in Fiddler, uh, twice as Langer mm-hmm. Wolf and once as Tevya, I believe. So he had been to this area several times in the past and he had crisscrossed the country for years. He'd done 23 different productions. I think um, he did one in Georgia too, so 24 now, um, of the show. You know, and you, you can't beat that kind of experience. It was fascinating to work with him. Um, I, I, was his co-director or assistant director. And then when he had to be Tevya, I kind of took over the, the behind the scenes stuff and it was fascinating to watch him work. And he was so consistent. He, um, as I mentioned, he did have some, you know, coughing issues, uh, uh cause he suffered from COPD, but you didn't know that on stage, he was full of energy and all his diggle idols were right spot on. Um, His to life was great, you know, and he sang uh, Lachaim. Just a just a very interesting, talented, nice man.
1: Yes, and he is going to be missed by many people here in the community and around the country because he was such, he was such a force. Um, So he rest in peace to John Priest Lachaim. Lachaim, that's right. Um, So Gus, thank you so much for joining me. For this, uh, for this, let's uh, state of the arts, and we will do this again
0: next week. Kevin, sounds great. See you then.
1: Sounds great. See you then. It is let's talk arts and entertainment on WMAY.